I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Oh, it's the uh, Absolute Radio Frank Skinner Boxing Day. Boxing Day! Boxing Podcast. Day! That's what it is, yeah. Why do and they call it Boxing Day? Because... Um, you open your boxes. Yeah. yeah. You open presents. Right. That'll be it. Hmm. Isn't that Christmas Day? Yeah. No, traditionally you open them on Boxing Day. Oh. Yeah. Shouldn't it be called On Boxing Day? <laughs> I think Boxing Day is when you put them back in the box it's ready for a return to the store when it opens <laughs> yeah. that's how I find my that's my present life <laughs> so um, there's one thing we need to clear up before we go in any further into this podcast yes I have an email here um, dear Frank is this the same Frank Skinner that has sent me an invitation to lunch on Saturday the 17th of January from the Cotswold Liberal Democrats <laughs> I had an email in my inbox today and just wondered if this was you. hope you can shed some light on this for me. Thanks, Phil Carter. P.S. If it is, do you consider this might consider this my RSVP? Phil well, Carter, the, the is, unstoppable sex machine? Surely yeah. not. Well, the thing is, Phil, um, I, it, it's not me. I mean, I, oh. I, I don't operate from the Cotswolds Liberal Democratic Party. <laughs> if I did want a, a, mm. another address, that's the one I'd use. But, so don't consider this an RSVP. I think the mistake the Liberal Democrats might be making is targeting the Cotswolds in such a specific way. Do you think they're ploughing all their resources into the Cotswolds? No, I, I think they have, probably have branches. I'm not here to plug the Liberal Democrats. They'll have their chance on the televised live debate. <laughs> Let them speak then, not spoiling people's whenever they listen to this day. It isn't even Boxing Day if you listen to it tomorrow. No. Oh. Anyway, I, oh, think no, that, that, I suppose that was, that was an obvious statement in many ways. So, look, um, it's all post. I hope you've had a lovely uh, Christmas. And the show was... Um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Usually we record the podcast intro after the show. Yes. But because we pre-recorded this show, we're recording it before the show today. Don't, don't spoil the magic. Well, actually, that was a lie. <laughs> it was a lie because we're not doing it before the show. <laughs> we're doing it after the show. Oh, no, but they don't want to know this. Before the show, people gonna... don't tune in to to get some sense of chronology. They want they want they want jokes. It's That's too much want. information. It's like rearview mirrors. We don't want to know these oh, I things. Hate it when people say too much information. Oh, you hate this. You hate that. I do. I, 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 it's you like hate people, everything. It's not like when people say don't go there. <laughs> Too much information, don't go. If anyone says that, I'll write them off to you, people, being sorry, Emily. People <laughs> say that about the library to me. They say, don't go there, too much information. <laughs> <laughs> we can't top that. We can't top that. Camilo um, Sullivan is our guest today. If you don't know who Camilo Sullivan is, you will by the end of the... Uh, I'm, what's happening? I'm drowning. I'm drowning. <laughs> I'm melting. Um, listen, just listen to the podcast. Absolute Radio. Have you got that Boxing Day feeling today? Mm, very much so. You see, I haven't especially, mainly I think because it's the 22nd of December <laughs> when we're recording this. Oh. And that, yeah, it's hard to get into that Boxing Day feeling. 
I just want to say that because you, it, the closing uh, votes have closed. So if you if you vote, you, <laughs> it won't affect. But you may be charged. <laughs> I just want you to. Is know. that why you're saving up all your presents still, like Augustus glue? There's a pile of them and cards on your desk. Did you say Augustus glue? What is that? <laughs> He's a character from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the greedy one. I can happily say I've never seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, I haven't seen it either. I read it. Mm. It's a good one. You should see that. How did you read it without seeing it? <laughs> do you do Braille? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought not. <laughs> Great news, anyway, because um, I, I'm going to call it. I nearly called it our campaign to get Rage Against the Machine <laughs> to number one. We've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. <laughs> um, I don't think we can take full credit, to be honest. No. But you never know. We might we might have put you know a few a few thousand votes in there, a few hundred, maybe oh, yeah. four four votes. We might have added. <laughs> um, and it was great news, wasn't it, that they yeah. got to, oh, they it was got awesome. to number one. It was a great great blow for proper music. Poor little Joe, though. I've, okay. I've, I've had a realisation of the, what the X Factor thing is, because I really loved Joe while X Factor was on, but as soon as it's finished, you just have that... Ter- and what it is, is imagine... You hate him, though. If you're at a party mm. and you want to go home with someone at the party... Like, um, well, it wouldn't be Joe. <laughs> I should hope. <laughs> well, not. imagine, it, but if it was the X Factor part, so I really liked him, Jura, and then, but then it's when that moment when you wake up with him the next morning and yes. you think, I don't want to spend my life with you. This has all gone very dark. Yeah, it has, yeah. Is it dark? Yeah, well, I don't want to wake up next to someone humming a Hannah Montana cover. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. Exactly. No, not anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm, we're going to launch a new campaign on today's show, I've decided, and that is to get um, Bobby Davro to win <laughs> Dancing on Ice. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about time there was a, a Davrovian revival <laughs> in this country. Is he in it? He obviously he's in it. I don't have that kind of power. I can't, <laughs> I can't get him brought in from off... We da- know he's Bobby, in it. we've had a bit of a last-minute phone call. Can you, have you got any skates? Well... <laughs> Uh, you know, I've got, got some, but I don't know if I lay my hands on them. Can you get over to the ITV quick? Oh, what's happening? I can hardly escape, for God's sake. That's what I imagine would have happened. No, he's turned into Bill Sykes. Yeah, I, think, I think he has got a, a, a small bulldog um, that sells insurance. <laughs> he's doing well. He's going out with Melanie Sykes, for goodness sake. What kind of interspecies horribleness is that? Um, yeah, he's in it. He's in it. And Heather Mills is in it. Oh. Mm. Yeah, um, I think they're I saving think... on skates this year. <laughs> so uh, oh, I, I've had a Frank lovely. Skinner. I've had uh, where? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I thought you spotted a celebrity. Then I remember at the last minute, it's me. Um, I, I tell you what I did this week. This is quite a. Fun what did news. you do? Yeah, let's talk about let's me. Let's talk about you. I've for had change. Enough for yeah. Anyway, vote Davro. That's what I'm saying. Um, I not not in this is not for the elect, general election. No. For the for the ice dancing. Um I went to a health farm. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, you'd never have known it to look at you. No, well I know that, but uh, most of the people there were quite fat and out of condition. <laughs> which uh, a lot of what you do, you go and have a lunch there and everyone's in their dressing gowns. Oh you keep I, your robe I, I, on, I yeah. I wasn't sure about that. I thought this would be good practice for when I'm in an old people's home when we all sit in a circle round the television with our mouths open. Um, but um, my girlfriend loved it. She had like Did 28 she? treatments. And oh. now I can't. I tried to hug her on the way out. She slipped straight out of my ass. <laughs> she was so moisturised. It was like trying to hold a prize winning car. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I think oh, we're... Oh, sorry, carry on. I was just going to say, I love a health farm. Well, let's come to your love yeah, of health farms. After this, you know, But we have to have some music in this show, for goodness sakes. Boxing Day. Absolute radio. So you like you like health farms? I do you? like health farms. I find the kind of one flow of the cuckoo's nest, wandering around in bathrobes aspect yeah. of it a bit worrying. But last time I went to a health farm, I had a personal trainer for a couple of days. Oh, no, I don't like this. But then he, he sort of chatted me up. He asked me out. He said, are you uh, going back to London? That's, I think that what you actually ordered was a very personal thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't... Um, he asked for a lift back to London. Well, I used to, when I used to go to the gymnasium in the old days, mm. and I, I stopped going because I was in there once, and uh, a rugby team came in, a whole rugby team, and uh, they still a lot of them have got their shirts on and stuff, like they'd just come off the pitch, you know. Mm. And uh, one of them... You know that thing that you sit in and then you, the weights are sort of stacked up like they're like and then you have to pull down oh yes i know that he sat in in that and he was a massive bloke he had they put so much weight on they were scouring the place for more weight (laughs) i was watching this is how tragic i was i i (laughs) I was lifting this uh this like a barbell in the air and i didn't have any weights on (laughs) the weight of the actual bar was was sufficient for me they could have used you as a weight they could they could could have used me as one of those wedges that keep the weights in i I mean i would i was it was so masculine i couldn't breathe that i had like testosterone asphyxiation (laughs) anyway when he pulled the thing he had that much weight and he just went up in the air because he was the weights were much heavier than him so they started they started holding on to his legs all these men and uh, no no and uh, and they were he was going <laughs> and going purple, and I was lifting me me empty bar, and I thought I'm never ever coming to the gym again, <laughs> ever, and um, I didn't go. So a personal trainer's out of the question for me. Oh yeah. Also, I found that the people had personal trainers at the gym. They just used to say, oh, "So what are you doing tonight?" Oh, well, I might go to a club and blah. And I thought, "You're training, or if you can breathe properly, you're not you're not pushing. You're not it. working. You're not pushing it. Anyway, I, not that I didn't do any training when I was at the health farm. I, I did. Um, I did a class on hula hooping. <laughs> you <laughs> did not. I, I absolutely did. And I'll tell you something: the barbecue ones. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you get... Um, Can was... you do it? I've never been able to do that. That's not a fitness well, class. I tell you, my my hip... Oh, man, my hips. I reckon... If oh, I, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, oh. I reckon if I put some sort of... Say if I put a sort of a toothpaste container into my bottom containing fondant icing, <laughs> I reckon Dang. I could do my signature on a, a birthday cake. My, <laughs> my, hips, my hips were so... Um, what loose. did you wear for this? A unitard or something? I didn't wear anything. Oh God! Otherwise, no. the hoop would have kept falling on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, no. I just wore I wore shorts and a t-shirt, you know. And oh. stuff. But um, I, it's honestly, I thought it, it was. You know, I worked up a sweat hula hooping. I think it's going to be one of my uh, my New Year's resolutions. I'm going to. Well, you're going to start doing hula hooping. I'm going to get a hula hoop and. Uh, not in the you know, not in the street. I'm not going to get a hoop and stick. Get to work with it. <laughs> I'm going to get a hula. I'm serious. I'm going to get a. I think hula hooping might be the next uh, big thing. I think people will look back on this show in ten years' time. Uh, well, probably they won't. But and they'll say, just think that he, t- he spoke about hula hooping, and we all thought they're mm, ridiculous, and now everybody's doing it. Mm. Yeah. So that's my. New what are you going to do, Gareth? What's your New Year's resolution? 
My New Year's resolution, I'm starting to say my year's resolution before I've actually thought of anything. Oh, but okay. my You're doing that thing? I do that in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I go, I'd I like, like the... Um, and then I point. <laughs> I'm one of those people that point at the menu, which is very, very shabby. Have you thought of one yet? I'm trying to help you out here. Yeah, no. We'll come back to you. What's yours, em- Emily? I might take up smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I do, no, hear me out on this. Just because it's far less commercial now, and you know I always like to get get banging on trend with mm. things, so I just think now might be the time. Mm. Far fewer people are doing it. A bit more exclusive. Why not? True. Though, I mean, I, I would wait till after the cold snap was, was <laughs> over, because I, I drove through London the other night in, in snow... And there were people standing. I just see people standing outside, like I mean, covered in in a blizzard, smoking. It it, it takes incredible standing. You're driving through snow. Wasn't oh, there was as bad one, as I think mine. There was one man hula hooping. <laughs> Everyone else was out there smoking. I drove through snow last night, and it took me five hours to drive about twelve miles. I was starving by the end of it. I could I could have flown to Nigeria in that time. Were you driving? Yeah. You were actually driving. I do drive. My driver oh. had the night off. What of it? Okay. You could wow. have flown to Nigeria. Yeah. I, my New Year's resolution is when I... Hold on, we'll I'm... come back to that. Oh. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Did you, did you read, did mm. you read that Amy... You know when we went to the Panto last week, we went to Milton Keynes. Oh, yeah, season. you didn't come, Gareth. No, no it, it, was, know, it, it was, was a great night. Busy. Well, Amy Winehouse went the night after us. And according to the papers, I mean, I wasn't there, so I don't know for sure, but allegedly she had a bit of a falling out with the front of house manager and um, hit him in the face. She was shouting during the panto. I won't say what she was shouting. Oh, no, she didn't. She, yeah. But she, that's, um, I mean, that's a wow. bit... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone defen- needs to talk to her. Well, apparently her defence in court is going to be, oh, no, I didn't, <laughs> which I think you need more than that, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people. We're really we picked that was the uh, panto to be. Of all the pantos to pick, Sherry Blair went the night after. Really? Yeah, she uh, slide tackled an ice cream salesperson. (laughs) Thirty foot slide tackle just spun her into the air. You had a bit of a run in with the popcorn vendor. Well, not really. I mean, it was only a debate about sweet or salty. (laughs) Guy had that argument. If I had a pound for every time I've had that argument. Anyway, that's I don't uh, I don't do that kind of thing anymore. So um. Yeah, I'm, my New Year's resolution, uh, this is an ex... Oh, so we haven't done yours yet, Karen. Go on. Um, I, whenever I sweep the chimney, I'm going to take my shoes off before I walk around. I'm trying to reduce my carbon footprints. Uh, <laughs> hey! Well, what you've Still done is you've taken this opportunity to do some sort of routine. <laughs> Rather than tell us the truth of your New Year's resolution. I mean, I, I don't know about you, I feel completely hoaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening there, I was attentive, and I thought, I'm, I'm interested to know how Gareth hopes to improve his life. Yeah. And, and then it was some sort of jape. <laughs> well, well, well how do you improve this? That's my problem. Well, you're right. I mean, yeah. Mm. You know. Uh, let, let us not gild the lily. <laughs> no, I'm... Uh, I'm What's go- yours, Frank? Mine's not... Um, <clears throat> mine isn't intrinsically comic. Oh. I'm going uh, to learn chess. Are you really? Yeah. What Chester musical? You're going to learn it off my heart. I'm going to learn Chester musical. <laughs> yes, on the uh, on the harpsichord, <laughs> and then I'm going to tour with that. We'll see how it goes. At Christmas, um, they um, they torture people who are into chess. Chestnuts are roasting on the open fire. I'm on oh. fire. Look, you've got to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, we let we let it pass before. <laughs> and, but it's like Amy Winehouse. You get away with punching one person in the face, suddenly you think you can do it every night. Well, you can't. <laughs> chess. So you're really going to learn chess? Well, I watched the documentary this week about called How to Win at Chess. And, right. you know, my whole life I've seen people play chess mm. and thought, oh, it looks, it looks like a good thing to be seen doing. Do you know what I mean? Right. So you're going to be like one of those men who play it in squares and things. That's that's what uh, there'll be squares involved. <laughs> yeah. What do you think I'm going to play on stripes? <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, that's what I like. The idea mm. of sitting in the. Oh, sorry. I've got a bit of a. <clears throat> I um, I um, I like the idea of sitting in the park and playing it. You know yeah. what I mean? And 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 all that. Yeah. The the actual paraphernalia. You have to be quite left-brained and mathematical, don't you? I don't think oh, I'm logical do enough. Yeah. Do oh. I'd make emotional decisions. Yeah. I think when I played chess. Well, I'm not very... I don't, I don't see myself as terribly left-brained. Oh, oh. God, they do, uh, they've got the telly on in here. It's that advert when the man falls off the ladder. But you can't just watch the oh, telly yes. while you're doing a radio Sorry, show. It's so unprofessional. When the, man, when the man falls off the ladder <laughs> and then he says, you know, he says, oh, i got six... It turns out they'd given me the wrong ladder. And I thought, oh, they'd given me the wrong ladder. <laughs> he had no one holding it. You've got to have someone holding a ladder, surely. Yeah. The Idiot. wrong ladder. I'm Idiot. surprised you didn't do a pun on that. <laughs> the wrong ladder, as, as apart from the webbed ladder. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that's me. Chess. <laughs> I must admit the carbon footprint oh, is probably... Chess we've smoking had, um, and chimney sweeps. We've had, um, we've had a suggestion for you, something to take up, Frank. It says, hi, Frank and the team. I'm writing from Shanghai with a challenge for you. Having just listened Shanghai, to... Shanghai, how yeah. exciting. Um, <laughs> apparently they sent this at 12 o'clock. Shanghai Noon. I really, I've got Stop disease it today. Now. Stop oh, it. it. I feel I'm going to have to slap your face. It's <laughs> like when, when someone starts going, oh, oh. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> Having just listened to your latest podcast, 12th December, during which you mentioned like you'd like to learn something, I work at ChinesePod.com and thought it would be a lot of fun to see if you can learn basic Chinese with our private Skype classes. Ooh. Amusing podcast lessons and online learning tools. That sounds... Sarah Edson. Chinese would be good. I mean, there's, you know... Oh, Mandarin's very useful in this day and age. It is. Yeah, I had mm. one in my stocking only yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, that's fabulous news. Well, I'd, I'm, I'd honestly seriously consider that. Chinese. Although if someone walked in on you having a private Skype meeting with a Chinese person, it doesn't look no. seedy, doesn't it? No, but they'd be impressed that I was speaking the language <laughs> as, as well as... <laughs> Absolute Radio. So I'll tell you what everyone else is doing uh, uh, on, the, on the radio. They're all sort of doing their review, my most something, this. Oh, yeah. Of, um, the of decade. 2009 or the decade or what. I mean, I can't do the decade. I can, you know, can you remember the beginning of the decade? Nothing. It's ridiculous. But, I was about, uh, I was, oh, how old was I, Frank, back then? Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking, no, in no, case I, anyone I, knows. I, I, I'm sure that was, uh, let's slightly, uh... <laughs> Half the Herald Angels <laughs> That's changed the subject slightly, made it all Christmas <laughs> Suddenly went a bit Halloween, I thought. <laughs> my, uh, I was thinking about my embarrassing moments. Uh, oh yeah, and, and this year I think the most embarrassing. I went um, actually with you, Em. We went to see if I may call you Em on oh, air. Yeah. I know that's a little informal. <laughs> um, but um, I, uh, I, we went to see Barbara Streisand. No, I'm, I'm oh, not. Oh, we did. I'm yeah, not, but I like her. And um, <laughs> and she was doing the Jonathan Ross uh, show. Yeah, and. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but Alan Carr came into the studio. He did. Alan Carr, the, you know, the comedian. 
and um, he, he came and sat near us, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but before he sat oh, near oh, us, oh, okay. He waved, so I <laughs> waved back, and then it was one of those terrible moments. Oh. I realised he wasn't waving at me. He was oh. four puffs and a piano were sitting behind <gasps> me. Can, oh, can I establish that four puffs and a piano is the name of a? They're band? called. I, that I would never band. use that term as a homophobic office. Uh, four, uh, but that's what they're called. Four puffs and a piano. Or, or the piano wasn't behind me, obviously. Mm. But they're called four puffs and a piano, whether they were the piano or not, right? Whether it's a piano or whatever it is, an organ. Um, four puffs and an organ. Yes. Okay. Four puffs gathered around an organ. Anyway, <laughs> he was waving. He was waving to them, you know. And he came up, oh. to, and I thought, well, he'll, I think, perhaps he didn't notice me wave. And then he came up and said, oh, you, you did that thing that you and I waved at there, but you waved back at me. And oh, he, he hammered it home, is what he, is what he did. <laughs> and uh, oh, I, I, I laughed. I sort of went, yeah, you know, I, as if I'd taken it lightly. But in fact, I was, I was mortified. Inside you were dying. Oh, I, was, I got into that, that cramp when, you know, sometimes something embarrassing happens and, and you realise that your chin is quite close to your knee. Because <laughs> you've got into cringe mode and you can't, you can't straighten up again. Yeah. I've yeah. got an embarrassing moment I'd like to nominate. Oh, I should think you've got a thousand. Well, I have. Here's one. It actually um, happened today. Today? When, yeah. Yeah. Daisy was doling out... Daisy, who works on our show, I should say. Yeah, she should have. People might think we keep cattle. <laughs> <laughs> she has got very long eyelashes. But Daisy works on our show as the sort of assistant producer. That's, what, that's, that's the called. job title, I believe. Yeah. And she was guest preparing the croissant for our show, because we like a croissant, don't we, and a pain au chocolat, mm. in the kitchen area of Absolute. And another Absolute employee, a lady, came over and started taking one of our croissants. Oh, dear. And Daisy went, these are for the Frank Skinner show. Oh, dear. I know. And the lady said, oh, can't I just take one? And Daisy said, no, they're for our show. And there was an awful moment, oh, and God. I had to leave the room. <laughs> that's it was terrible. A, that's a bit totalitarian, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh now, now you see, everyone's going to hate me, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> there's already a fear. I bet there's a fear of Frank Skinner swans in here and gets the World Cup job. Who does he think he is? And now, uh, did you hear that pastry story about him? <laughs> Apparently, Suzanne, you know, Suzanne from South, just wanted a, 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 a croissant. And um, all the girly, it's got working, it's got some right people. <laughs> some right people. Um, they, um, she went off on one. Ooh, I mean, he's, he's dragged this place right down. <laughs> That's what I imagine. Goes on. Absolute radio. We were just talking about uh, the most embarrassing um, things of the year. That's what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got so many. Where do I begin? Well, go, go on. Well, I've got another. I've got. It's less an embarrassing moment, more the most embarrassing realization of the decade. That's I would call a, that, it. That'd be a good. Uh, that'd be Ooh. a good phony. <laughs> go on. Which is that? Um, I live alone. Yes, I, I live alone. Did and you not realize yeah, that yeah, before? I mean, fancy that suddenly <laughs> dawned <laughs> on you. Yeah. One day, when just thought, well, how come I? It's always me that does the washing up. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you ever do it? You. Oh. You, oh. 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 Where <laughs> is love? <laughs> so go on. <laughs> it's less Oliver, more Joan Collins, actually. Um, Miss Havisham. I, I don't remember the scene from The Bitch, though, do you? <gasps> what, it's a Joan Collins film? You know that line, you're not meant to cross? 
Yeah. Uh-oh. Look behind you somewhere. Oh, God, there it is. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> is this all right? <laughs> okay. Do you want me to finish? I or want not? you to start. Okay. <laughs> so do I. But I can't. Because you two won't shut up. You won't let it lie. Okay. Uh-oh. Um, okay. So when I am on my own, sometimes. Mm. Wait, what? You... No, it's okay. Gareth, <laughs> I talk to myself. And that's okay. We all talk to ourselves. Well, but... I'll do it. <laughs> I don't. Actually, I've got a friend who talks to himself quite a lot. He's, I talk to a, myself. He's a DJ on Capital. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to my. <laughs> I talk to myself a lot, and I've suddenly realised my neighbours can hear me. <gasps> so what I've started doing in order to counteract that is I pretend I'm on the phone. When I round up a conversation with myself, I go, "Yeah, okay, then. Anyway, yeah, lovely to talk to you. I'll, I'll see you soon. Okay, bye, bye, bye." To just, yourself. Yeah, just to save the shame. Oh. Dear, that's, um, I'll, I'll be in bed, for example. I, I thought your your servants would have picked up me. <laughs> Dandini has the night off. What can oh, I do? Okay, fair enough. But I'll, so, I'll, for example, when I talk to myself, I might have a row with an ex-boyfriend from ten years ago, and I just want to resolve it and make sure <laughs> that he knows what's what. And maybe I didn't put my opinion forward properly at the time. So this is my way of writing it all. Yeah. So I might say something like. Yeah, I might just finish the argument and then so the neighbour doesn't doesn't think I'm really rowing with an ex boyfriend from ten years ago. I'll say, Okay, lovely to talk to you. <laughs> bye bye, bye bye. Yeah, me too, me too, bye, bye. <laughs> and then they'll uh, never know. So oh. you so you have telephone conversations with the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Is yeah. that weird? I like I like the uh, I think that's quite uh, a good I like the idea of uh, thinking, oh, I wish I'd said that in an argument. I will say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me ten years of research. I've been in the British Library every afternoon, but I've finally got the quote I was after. I say it into the mirror a lot. I did, you know, I was having an argument once with, with an ex-girlfriend, mm. and I said, you know, there's only, there's only one thing me and you have got in common, and that is that we're both in love with you. Oh, that's good. And she said, oh, yeah, but I said, hold on, hold on. I said, before you move on, let's just savour that line. <laughs> and it didn't, didn't go at all well. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Whenever I used to, as, as, a, as a youth, whenever I went to the toilet, to sitting sit in down toilet, that kind of going to the toilet, <laughs> I used to be interviewed by Michael Parkinson. <laughs> And it was, a, it, was, it was a kind of a to wow. be continuous. So it was a long, a long meandering interview, which, which, which we used to pick up on, you know, from the... Because I'm quite regular. Pick up on the, the previous question and say, but then again, Michael. And uh, I, he probably interviewed me on the toilet, I'd say, for a total of about four and a half years. Oh, really? And were the questions about what you were doing at the specific time you were talking to him no they weren't they were no, about... about that because in a way I wasn't doing it in the course of the interview so I was in a slightly different okay so what, what did he ask you about well he asked me about you know um, playing for Barcelona okay Aww. for some reason I played for Barcelona in, when I was on Parkinson, what was your highlight of playing for Barcelona? Well, he asked me that. You know, we had, that was quite a long conversation. I also talked. I mean, I was. You know, I'd, I'd won a couple of World Cups with England, so <laughs> we talked about that. At Frank, length. did you ever actually end up on Michael Parkinson? I did end up on <gasps> Michael Parkinson. Did you get a special toilet seat? When no, I tell you what happened. When I was on Michael Parkinson, um, he actually um, shouted at me. He didn't. He did. There was a terrible <gasps> moment in the. I was sit, sitting next to Sir Steve. You know, when you have a few people on. Oh yeah. And Sir Steve Redgrave was to my left, and Parkinson was to my right, and he was asking me about something, and I, I turned to Steve Redgrave and said, um, "Well, I said you must do this in the tra-. and, and Parkinson. Honestly, Parkinson said, "Look, are you are you doing the interview? Are you talking to him?" 
Oh, and grumpy oh, parking. Yeah, and I went... <laughs> so the audience all left, which he didn't like, and I said, you weren't like this on the toilet. Oh, <laughs> and no. um, he got really in a proper... Did he get shirty? He shut up! St- shut up! Why won't you shut up? Yeah, exactly. That, that was what he, exactly what he said. He yeah. got a proper northern cob on. They call <laughs> he it. did. They call it a cob on. Like, yes, on. I know. Yes, don't, let, don't go any further <laughs> with that. It's an acceptable phrase, and let's not <laughs> make it anything else. Right. Um, yes, he got really... He got a proper... Or he got unfriendly with me, and I thought there was, there was no need for that. And, uh, you know, I, I put a curse on him, of course, at the time, as I always do if anyone upsets me. And now he, uh, he advertises death on daytime television. <laughs> so, you know, when he says, I've had some marvellous memories, and you get a free pen just for inquiring, like old-age pensioners are going to go, oh, free pen, yes, we're, we're in there. Soon, Camille O'Sullivan will be in the studio. Oh, I love a her. fabulous Ooh. new singer who I saw recently, so we'll be meeting uh, Camille in a bit. Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio, and we've got Camille O'Sullivan coming in soon. Who um, I won't say this when she's in because I, I don't want to embarrass her. But she's rather I, sexy, isn't she? Well, I don't, I'm not going to say that. My girlfriend's listening for God's sake. <laughs> I can say it though. Okay, you can say it. My you? girlfriend isn't listening. Mm, well, you say that. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I went to see her. She's not at the Apollo at the moment. Oh, and yeah. uh, I went to the Apollo in Shaftesbury Avenue in London, a large um, conurbation in the southeast of England. And I went to see her perform that. She, wow, she blew the place apart. She was fantastic. So it's very exciting that uh, that she's on. Um, yeah. Anyway, it is it is sort of Christmassy. Mm, it's uh, Boxing Day. Yeah. Well, it's not Boxing Day really, <laughs> because actually we're recording this last Tuesday. But let's let that pass. I uh, I had a. I think one of my worst ever Christmases was I had an argument with my when my my, my dear old mom and dad was alive. Uh, I was living at home, and um, I had a big argument with my dad. Uh, he had some. Oh, it's complaint. very common to row at oh, Christmas. He had a it? complaint about the lunch, and uh, he started. <laughs> he got his knife, and he said, "I don't like this." And the cab, <laughs> the cabbage hit the wall, <gasps> and then he said, "I don't like this," and like you know, a piece of turkey landed on the carpet. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> now, the apple, actually, that, <laughs> that went on the seat at the, the side. Um, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I said, I've, I've had enough of this, I said. <gasps> and I, I put my coat on and I stormed out. Did you? And I remember I had blue, um, what they used to call brothel creeper shoes. With the big, with the I big know them well. Soles, yeah. And I remember walking down the street. And this was in the days no one even went out on Christmas Day. You used to see, sometimes you'd see families walking very slowly together, carrying toys. And they were visiting a relative and they were showing what had been bought. Anyway, I just walked, and I can hear that... Of my shoes as I oh, walked. Fine. And then I realised I had nowhere to go. There was no shops open. I hadn't eaten yet. And I was starving and cold. And I ended up, I found a, a shop that was open. And my Christmas dinner was um, chicken crisps. Oh, right, oh, that's so good. sad. Well, it was. But that, that's one of the uh, problems of uh, storming out. I think you have to think I stormed it out. Lo- yeah, I stormed out lo- uh, Christmas before last. I imagine you storm out most years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my next boyfriend used to call me car keys because I was always grabbing my car keys ready to storm <laughs> out. That was my nickname. Go, all right, car keys. Oh, that's why he called you that. I thought he was a swinger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was that as well, but that's yeah, exactly. another show. And I also, you, had, you went with a lot of soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's this week's phone-in. Why was Emily called... No, no, carry on. So, I stormed carry out. Carry on, car keys. <laughs> I stormed out. I stormed out. Um, 
And I know it seems unreasonable, but please... Hold on, I'm getting ready for this one. <laughs> Let me settle myself in my chair. Go I'd on. arrived at my sister's, where mm. all the family were gathered, and they'd started opening the presents without me. And oh. I just thought it was really mean. That is mean. Oh, I'm glad you agree with me. You were right to storm So out. I grabbed the car keys and I stormed out. Did you grab your presents as well? <laughs> yeah, they weren't having any of those. Yeah. Are you kidding? I thought you'd have done the grand gesture and said, <laughs> why don't you open my presents as well, you vermin? <laughs> and then left. I think vermin's always a lovely yuletide. Gareth, Gareth, you don't strike me as a storming Norman type. Well, I haven't done it recently, but when I was a kid, there was a couple of very awkward times because you have to think about what you're going to do once you've stormed out, don't you? That's the well, thing. Well, when you're in a rage, though, you don't do that. You yeah. don't plan ahead with a no. storm. Once I did, um, we were. That's not storming out. That's just leaving. <laughs> <laughs> once when um, we were at um, my grandma's house and. Um, we were not allowed to go to our cousin's house if they well we were being naughty my mum does if, if you're naughty anymore we're not going to go and visit your cousins so me and my brother Joel pushed can I just say there is, there is a Gareth family tree available on the absolute <laughs> yeah. website so you can follow this story it's very complicated that's the granny the cousins the brother I mean what is this the foresight saga <laughs> absolute radio I am now with Camille O'Sullivan hello <laughs> Well, the truth was that I put the final countdown for Joey Tempest, who was the guest last week. From you, right? I I haven't got one for Camille, but I thought, you know, it's the final countdown in in that it's the final countdown to speaking to Camille. Welcome, Camille. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) What a welcome. Now, I was telling, before you came on, I was telling people that that I went to, uh, I went to see your show, which is at the Apollo Theatre in Shaftesbury Avenue Mm. in London. Yeah. And uh, it's called Dark Angel, or The Dark Angel. Yeah. And, uh, I can't tell you how much I liked it. He's talked of little else since, Camille, to be honest No, with I you. did. Even when yeah, we were true. coming on the show, I've been saying, oh, you've got to go and see yeah. Camille O'Sullivan. Fantastic. She's fab. <laughs> I have rarely seen a show where um, a singer not just has a great voice, but the performance was absolutely blow away. Fabulous. Are you getting embarrassed yet? Yeah, I'm blushing, but it's on radio, so it's okay. <laughs> That's all right, exactly. No, it was it was fabulous. Are you having a, a splendid time? I am, it? yeah. It's kind of amazing. It's been a mad year, you know, um, we had done like kind of the roundhouse last year and then went off to Australia and Edinburgh and back again and then had the luck to come to the Apollo Theatre and bring our show there and um, it's just exciting to be in England for and London for Christmas and uh, people seem to you know be having a good reaction you know I'm I'm kind of assaulting them in the most affectionate way with the songs in the cave and Tom Waits and um, reaction has been great so it's yeah, cool. I mean, I, I mean, I hate I'm think... freezing on stage, but but that's possible. Are you? Well, you do wear. I'm not you, probably wearing. What do you wear then? Do you wear fishnets and all burlesque things? Uh, well, kind of. Uh, I suppose I, I've got a retro look going on. I kind of discovered, you know, uh, that's the look that suits me. So I'm sticking with it. Um, start out quite enigmatically, um, long black um, velvet kind of um, skirt and uh, kind of veil and um, uh, looking quite Victorian, then start taking pieces off. I do, I, I, people do think there's the burlesque element, but I joke that, you know, I'm Irish, it's not going to happen, I'm not going to take the whole thing off. But the whole thing is a very theatrical you experience. Have told, you shouldn't have said that on the air. <laughs> you should have said some nights I do and some nights I don't. Frank was complaining about that. Well, I, I, do, I was not. <laughs> I do have sparkly pants on in the end. You oh. do have sparkly pants on. And, yes. but, uh, I, wasn't, I was wondering if that was deliberate. <laughs> it was deliberate. 
that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's all about kind of like, you know, you change uh, character and sometimes you're uh, taking on board the kind of femme fatale and other times being a bit of a clux or, you know, so taking different, as you say with the songs, they're, those songs of Brel and Cave and Waits, they're great narrative songs. You can really inhabit them and try and rock them out and um, kind of become the character and so some stuff is quite like you know dark and uh, you know vulnerable or sensitive and other ones like In These Shoes which we had done in Jules Holland before is a big fun kind of thing about sparkly shoes so yeah so uh, there'll be people listening I hate to tell you this who, who probably don't know your work yeah right uh, so if you wanted to get someone in <laughs> What would you say? Start undressing quickly. No, um, <laughs> uh, I think I think anybody who is, I, I suppose it's all my thing. Maybe being Irish and half French, it's all about emotional kind of um, thing in the in songs and music. And I'm obsessed by those songwriters at Bowie and you know Radiohead and stuff like that. It's about kind of. Um, taking them on an emotional journey so uh, it's not just singing songs and you become like a lot of people come to the show say oh I thought it was going to be very kind of oh singer sexy chanteuse singing on a piano we said we didn't realise you might actually be rolling around stomping uh, on the ground with a bottle of wine and then being distant to you so I think people enjoy the madness of the show mm. and the fun element and the darkness so you're really brought on that journey and you never know what's going to happen next and and uh, you know slightly eccentric nature like I, I suppose I don't know what's going on in my life at the moment that I need to meow on stage but you that seems meow, to, you, <laughs> you could see some people frowning but they're usually the ones in the bar meowing away at me later so <laughs> that's like the in-between stuff because I suppose the things like there's certain songs like Hurt the Trent Reznor song and Misery is the River of the World there's some songs you just need to meow after them because you know they you go to a very kind of full on place and it, what surprises me is that it's not just a certain audience like some people come knowing those songwriters and other people come because they think it's you know Cabaret or Oh, I think it's burlesque. I love those faces kind of looking at you lot, you know, the yearning for two hours. <laughs> and, um, but they, uh, you know, I think it's that dramatic thing and it's that thing of like um, really trying to make people feel something through music. And I suppose that's just coming from, you know, uh, having a love of it too and being a little chancer on stage. Well, you get, there's, there's your answer. You can Along come with on again. There's an Irish show. I could, I could have used that as an opportunity to go to the toilet. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. So anyway, we're with Camille O'Sullivan. Now, you were meowing earlier. Now, I'm just worried that our listeners, the people who haven't been to your show... Oh, by the way, before we go any further, yeah. well, the show, you're on tonight, aren't you? Yeah, 26th and... Uh, when, do, when do you end? I end the 16th of January, so I think we're doing Wednesdays uh, to Saturdays. So they've got just about three weeks to catch mm. you now. I absolutely recommend you go, really. It's, it's oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the, the meowing. The meow thing is just like, it's. Uh, if we try to explain to anybody listening out there, it's like 0.1% of the show, but it's like, it happens at the end. Um, so you've kind of earned your stripes, hopefully, at that stage that they kind of realise that you, you know, might be slightly eccentric and strange. But you actually, but, me- you meow in your in your life, do you, when you like things? Well, kind of. I think it's a childlike expression of happiness. Like <laughs> I think it's, it's more cat-like. Like this or, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, with friends, uh, I've been doing it for a while. And they said, why don't you bring it on stage? And I said, well, I'm trying to be enigmatic. They said, Camille, just, you know, get with it. Just try and show a bit of your own personality. So I thought, OK, so I've done it. And it's, you know, you'd have to 
see it in the show because it's kind of an, an explanation of like something that doesn't make sense at all that just makes me happy and that's like an important thing and in the same way that a song makes you happy or whatever but you get the audience meowing back at you and I tell you the London audiences are something else I'm usually kind of lying on the ground doubling over because usually people do it in unison in countries when travelling abroad yeah. here there's a whole choir going on and they don't stop I and reckon there was Frank was leading it as well no, there was a lot of mewing there were, there were dogs throwing themselves at the fire escape door <laughs> <laughs> there was one having a full sentence kind of conversation going meow 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 that's what he'd do as a reply <laughs> so it was just no, and I did hear him go down the street later um, do that by himself right. and I have when I was in Edinburgh once I was in a changing room in Monsoon and I heard somebody go meow and I thought right and, and then I saw her and she was this woman she was in her 70s and I thought she's either lost the plot or she's been to the show and she kept looking at me going meow and I was like getting nervous and she said I went to see your show and I went oh, okay <laughs> thank heavens for that she definitely but it went on for a good five minutes I was like I think it's time to go she wasn't a cat though you're, you're certain of that sure well actually she might be one of those cat people yeah I've heard about that so yours was a very commonly trodden path to uh, you oh yeah as real, an architect yeah a normal normal mm-hmm. route you know route yeah. to a becoming a singer to, a painter singer, yeah. architect architect singer the normal one so uh that was uh, frustrating uh, for my parents but are there any build have you actually had buildings made that yeah. you've designed really yeah. where are <laughs> Isn't these that buildings quite scary uh well mostly in ireland so there'd be like that must be exciting that's though, amazing isn't it? it's very strange i'd actually go back and it's kind of a, a you know, I get offers to work again as long as I wear the fishnets and the corsets and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, when I see buildings like, um, what you could, would you actually say back to the drawing board if things went wrong? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they could go wrong at any stage. Well, Though my joke, not it's a joke, but I say to all my friends from college, I said, you know, you should be singing architects now, guys, because <laughs> all the jobs, it's all. They're like, going, you did such the right thing. Yeah, you got, you got out just in time. Um, so, so when you see a building that's yeah. yours, though, that must be a thrill. It is. It's it's really surreal because it, it you know compared to kind of like the instant thing of doing a song and that immediacy and architecture, you know, uh, two years, three years planning on something, and then it's there in front of you all that time at the drawing board, and you know this is like eight or nine years on, and you pass it and you remember. Um, because drawing is that kind of thing that, you know, uh, uh, the process of it, it's always about your thought and going onto paper. You remember every moment and every detail of what went into that building, every argument you ever had with the contract person and the engineer and the client. Um, But it is exciting. It's and it's, you know, it's something like what was very hard to give up. But I still have such um, a love when I'm traveling and, you know, when I'm performing in certain places or you go to certain venues, you know, you still have that thing like certain places that you're in you're like wow um well you it's, know. it's it's brilliant it means if people see you after the show and say i just love your songs you say well you love my songs you should see my buildings <laughs> I mean, you many, haven't seen nothing yet. how many people and they'd say they'd presume you know with the irish thing you probably actually physically built them <laughs> absolute radio i like the show before you came on even because the set looks so interesting and the set, one of the things is there's lots of dresses hanging yeah. up. Are, are they actually your... Yeah, I set, like, I mean, it's the one bit of architectural, if I have any kind of thing that I can try and, um, you know, recreate an atmosphere. I love that. I mean, I used to 
uh, tour with this beautiful old Spiegel tent, which, you know, had its own atmosphere. And I love old kind of Victorian venues, which the Apollo is beautiful in its own right. Mm. Um, So even that setting is gorgeous. But I love that thing of kind of um, uh, through minimal stuff like hanging um, old vintage dresses uh, with uh, fish gut war, which is quite funny when you're going to the fishing shop to ask, you know, <laughs> they're saying what size fish and you're like, well, the weight of a dress. And yeah. What <laughs> so, size fish? Oh, I, think, I think it's a 10. <laughs> but basically, so hanging them in a little disco ball and then having um, the swing and, you know, and candles and through minimal kind of stuff, just recreating a kind of a ghostly atmosphere or something. And, um, you know, because I really think it's important that the audience have because we even start the show I walk through the audience and we leave through the audience and that whole thing of the intimacy and I love that like you know live performance is my favourite thing and that thing of when people come in straight away you want them to feel that they've entered a world um, your world before you've even come on stage yeah. well it does feel like that certainly you know which is nice And um, but my house is kind of looking my friends joke they said sometimes when they come to see it they say Cam, I feel like we're at home because a lot of that stuff hangs on the wall anyway. So when I'm packing to get ready for stuff, you I'm need like, a wardrobe. Oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> Design a wardrobe. <laughs> have you heard of, Have you got IKEA in Ireland? Sure do. Oh, yeah. There you go. Get out there. <laughs> I should say, by the way, that song that we just played, uh, "Misery Is the River," is a Tom Waits. Yeah, that's Tom song. Waits off a really brilliant album, "Blood Money." You know, but we're not here to plug Tom White. <laughs> if you won't come on the show, we don't plug the album. We only, so we only plug the fall on so this show. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, so get, get Camille's version of that. Tom White, I've heard, is terrible. Pretty croaky voice <laughs> in the main. So what, what's next when this is over, when the... God forbid oh, the run the run ends. I know I'll be horizontal probably with one string for my fishnets at the end. So, yeah. um, or in my stripes. I'm very excited. I'm going to. I just came back from Sydney. Do you get your fishnets from the fishing shop as well? No, I don't. Oh, you could wear keep nets one night. <laughs> They always look happy when they see me return. I'm going. I just came back from Australia. And I'm going a, a week later. We go back to uh, Sydney Opera House to do and um, work with Hal Wilner on um, a night with Patty Smith and Tim Robbins and Todd Rundgren. I say it wrong. The New York Dolls. Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm doing songs with them, and that will be on the forecourt. And after that. It's holiday time. I've, you know, I've been like a misplaced cat between travelling all over the place. So, but that'll be a perfect way to kind of, uh, you know, uh, everybody told me no more gigs now. And I said, just one more in Australia, which is just a complete excuse after that to go on holiday in Australia. Which is quite a trip, (laughs) isn't it, for one gig? Oh, yeah, because I've done it. I've been there twice already this year and I'm scared of flying. So I just thought I ain't going back after two days. I'm staying out there. (laughs) Yeah, you could tunnel. (laughs) <laughs> is, that, is that an option? Borough, yeah, I suppose yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So what a building that is as well. That, that'll appeal oh, to your architectural eye as well as your oh, musical Oh, that's thing. just like, that's quite an... Because I've done that like... Um, I think five times now when when we did it in November I'm always like an excited child coming out going thank you so much for inviting me back I love it so much they said Camille it's grand (laughs) we want you back but I'm always delighted because it's such an amazing you know uh, venue and then when you come out and you have a little drink outside and you're looking at the harbour bridge and you know it's 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 not a bad job is it that's grand. Yeah. It'll do. <laughs> Look, it's been it's been lovely to talk to you. You can go and see Camille at the Apollo in Shaftesbury Avenue until the sixteenth of, of January. You can buy her album live at Olympia, 
And if you get the chance, definitely see her because she's fab. It's been lovely having you on, Thank Camille. You so much. Thank you. That was Camille O'Sullivan. Absolute Radio. Now, those of you who were awake Christmas Day will recognise this sound. This is the sound of me unwrapping a present. Right. Have you been unwrapping presents at other people's houses <laughs> yeah. for Christmas? Yeah. Oh. This is this is the present that Gareth has bought me. Right? I didn't get one from Emily. I've discovered I love. No, but you got a card, and the card was worth about fifteen pounds. <laughs> yeah, sure it was. Because sure it was from it. the station of Smithsons, so you were very lucky to get from that. From the what? The station of what? The station are called Smithsons, which is Bond Street Stationers. What kind of a name is Smithson? The sort of name that my friends Smithson. have as surnames. Thank Smithson. you. No, it's a very posh oh, name. Just to open my present. <laughs> <laughs> this is silent. This is a. This is a, It's a CD. Oh, what is it? It's. The best speeches of Nick Griffin. I can't believe. <laughs> I mean, inappropriate. No, it isn't. It's actually, it's Bob Dylan's Christmas album. How absolutely marvellous. Now, you see, I would continue with presents if they were all like this, because I don't have to put on a show here. I honestly do like this present. I'm really pleased with it. That's brilliant. It's when you get one. Thank you, Gareth. That's I got Dizzy Rascal from Gareth. I got a present too. It wasn't just you. Oh, we did the rascal. Dizzy Rascal. Yes. Whereas I, I'm just guessing what this will be like now. Oh, I went to Wonderland. It's going to be. It's going to be. My, you know, I once heard him. I, I went backstage at the Hammersmith Apollo, and he was uh, he was on the toilet. <gasps> and uh, as I went past, uh, anyway, I um, it could have been it could have been Prince Charles. Was he being interviewed <laughs> by Michael Parkinson at the time? I think there was there was another voice in there, a Yorkshire nature. <laughs> They're blowing in the wind. Anyway, we we never got to the end of your. Um, I'm leaving that. We mm. never got to the end of your um, storming out. And you know, I don't yeah. think there's time this year. Well, really? okay. Let's. We could, let's. It'll be the only anecdote we've had that straddled two years. So we'll do that on our, on our next show. Let's take it to two o eleven. Why not? Why the hell not? It's fair. It's like the Harry Potter uh, <laughs> films. Do they just keep? It just keeps. On I'll serialise it over two thousand and ten and see how we do. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully, we're bringing Emma in. Watson to read it out. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, don't forget, by the way, we're on on January the 2nd and we're on again at 10 o'clock. It's not uh, an 8 o'clock thing. Oh, it's a okay. 10 o'clock thing. So that'll give us well, time not, to recover from New Year's Eve. I'm not telling you guys. I'm telling you. Uh, I expect you to know. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, uh, do you have New Year's plans? I things? never go out on New Year's Eve. Really? There's too, my, too much Bacardi breezes and tiaras on the streets. I don't do that. I, st- I stay in and have a cup of tea. I go to bed about nine. Really? Yeah. I, well, I'm awful. I don't drink, so it's a complete waste. And when I did drink, I hated New Year's Eve because you couldn't get at the bar for part-timers. Yeah, you know, I, was, I was at that bar regularly at five <laughs> o'clock in the evening getting, you know, t- to the point where my brain was going, please stop now, I'm dying. And I would carry on, right? But these people, that once a year getting yeah. drunk, what kind of drinking is that? <laughs> Every day was New Year's Eve for me. What are you doing, uh, we're com- We're coming to London. Um, our friends have just oh, I'm, I'm away. baby girl. <laughs> no, no, I'm, did I say I was going to be away? I don't think I mentioned that. Oh, yeah, I'm away for the whole... When are you coming? Oh, Emily, are you around? Are you not... Um, no. But sadly, you said you were staying in. I'm, uh, staying, so in, not... I'm staying in, in Florida. Oh. In, so staying in Florida, that's I forgot different. to mention that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what we'll do then. Well, have a good, have a good time. Have a great time, though. They've got oh, great hotels in the Russell Square area. Really? I thought yeah. maybe we could... Oh, never mind. 
Yeah. yeah there's, there's plenty of special hotels. I, I, I presume you're on the social well, security. There's, <laughs> <lots> of, <laughs> there's lots of homeless people in London there's anyway. There's plenty of homeless people, but they'll, 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 they'll have crystallised by then the way the weather's going. <laughs> yeah, they'll look like sugar pigs, the poor devils. <laughs> OK, well, anyway, have a, have a very, very happy New Year. Have a fabulous um, New Year's Eve. And we'll see you at 10 o'clock on January the 2nd. Good day to you. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio.